Welcome to My Ten Toes, a journaling project to document a few things from my life and the lives of others. It's December 26, 2021. I am enjoying uh, all the food left over from Christmas yesterday. We enjoyed Christmas here and then we went up to visit Miranda, Jacob, and their family. And uh, today was church. We just had one meeting. There was quite a storm before, right as we before we went to church. Um, anyway, a snowstorm. Uh, but it was just a meeting where members chose what hymn they like and why they like it. Uh, and then we sing hymns, uh, Christmas hymns, for the most part. Um, so that's kind of the uh, latest from yesterday, today. I have uh, enjoyed... Having Rebecca here since she's out of college for a few days more. And that's been good. Um, some time off from work's been good. And boy, I can hear our water pipes when they rattle. I don't know if that shows up on this, but at any rate... Uh, I was thinking about a few things. Uh, the uh, I remember uh, learning what a paradigm is. Um, you know, a uh, couple dimes in your pocket, twenty cents. Um, but anyway, a paradigm is a standard perspective or set of ideas. A paradigm is a way of looking at something. When you change paradigms, you're changing how you think about something. So uh, they commonly refer to it as a paradigm shift. I uh, had an experience I was thinking about well, a couple days ago where during the summer this year, I was driving to make a left turn directly into the sun as the sun was setting. And it was that time of summer when, and time of day when the sun was right in my eyes and I could not see at all. And my windshield was dirty. So clean your windshields because um, I came close to running over my, as terrible as this is, um, some neighbors that live across the street, they're uh, not members of the church. They're very, they keep to themselves quite a bit. Uh, and uh, anyway, it was an odd experience. I mean, they were in the crosswalk. I started to initiate my turn and uh, then realized, oh, there are people in the crosswalk and slammed on my brakes and the husband of this neighbor and his wife 
the husband and wife were crossing in the crosswalk and he just started yelling and screaming and I had my window rolled up fortunately because he might have come through the window if he had the opportunity he was that upset and I don't know if he even knows who I am or recognized who I was at the time but uh, I uh, you know felt terrible one for endangering them and and of course it's not, never good a good feeling when you're getting screamed at by someone um anyway i don't like i said i don't know what things he was saying but uh based on uh the look on his face as he was yelling but they were probably not something i would repeat um at any rate, uh, I started feeling like I should go apologize since they lived just across the street, and then thoughts came to my mind like, well, maybe they didn't recognize who was in the car. And then I thought, no, nah, uh, regardless, even if they didn't, I should go apologize. So I went over that evening, knocked on the door, it was kind of getting dark because obviously the sun was going down when I nearly ran into them and uh, um, or waited there oh probably a minute before someone came to the door his wife came to the door and I said hi I, I live across the street she didn't recognize who I was and I said I'm really sorry I was the person who was turning and almost hit you in the crosswalk, but I apologize for that. And anyway, she said, yeah, my husband's kind of, uh, turns into a, what did she say? Uh, a, a, a bear, uh, what do you call a mama bear? I guess a mama bear when, uh, protecting, he's very protective and uh, she said, it's all right. Uh, I said, well, anyway, glad everything, everybody was okay. And again, sorry for scaring you. And she said, no, that's fine. Um, anyway, uh, awkward conversation, but I felt better at least of for telling them, for apologizing. And... Uh, Anyway, uh, paradigms. So how I thought about them, I thought, man, why did they have to get, why did he have to get so angry? And then uh, Jennifer, uh, I guess, talked to her. She's developed a friendship with her and uh, learned that something to the effect that uh, when he was a child, he and his mother were crossing uh, the street and his mother was hit by a car and uh, I don't remember the details of how serious her injuries were um, but it was not good and uh, he was just a young child and so that was a traumatic experience. So that's a paradigm shift I suppose in my perspective on him and why he was so uh, upset 
Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean n- nobody would be cheerful at being nearly run over, but uh, um, it, it it made me understand better how he must have felt and how it must have been, you know, from his previous experience as a child, uh, a frightening and triggering memory, as the psychologists say. Um, anyway, it was, uh, it was, I think that's, it was a lesson for me. Uh, a lot of times we look at how people behave and think, you know, why are they behaving that way? Don't they know better? Or whatever judgments we may cast. Um, we really, truly cannot judge. There's only one who can truly judge an individual. Um, so just uh, was a reminder to me not to to uh, judge another. Um, as the song says, um, the hymn, or is it a primary song? Boy, I haven't done my homework. I don't remember. Anyway, um, I'm going to look it up. All right, it's hymn 220. Lord, I would follow thee. Verse 2. Who am I to judge another when I walk imperfectly? In the quiet heart is hidden sorrow that the eye can't see. Who am I to judge another? I would be my brother's keeper. I would learn the healer's art. To the wounded and the weary, I would show a gentle heart. I would be my brother's keeper. Savior, may I love my brother as I know thou lovest me. Find in thee my strength, my beacon, for thy servant I would be. Savior, may I love my brother. So that was a hymn that came to mind. Uh, Those were verses uh, 2 through 4. Had to look that up, though. Anyway... um, been a good Christmas time, and, uh, oh, I was thinking about another thing, uh, uh, I remember, uh, that, uh, often we have times when we are our harshest critics. And uh, I was remembering years ago, quite a few years ago, uh, when I lived in another place. And um, I remember in an interview with the stake president uh, was mentioning some of the challenges that I was facing and how sometimes I just felt sort of... uh, Oh, low or worthless or whatever you want to call it. Um, And uh, he pointed out that those thoughts do not come from God. That uh, when 
when you're feeling less than a child of God, that those thoughts come from the adversary. And he said, uh, I don't know if he wanted me to ever quote this, but uh, I thought it was sort of humorous. Um, he said, you tell the adversary to go back to where he belongs. Tell him to go to hell. And, uh, you know, maybe that's uh, not family friendly. I don't know. But I thought it was was good advice, actually. Um, Dira Fuchtdorf in a conference talk said, Think of the purest, most all-consuming love you can imagine. Now multiply that love by an infinite amount. That is the measure of God's love for you. God does not look on the outward appearance. I believe that he doesn't care one bit if we live in a castle or a cottage, if we are handsome or homely, if we are famous or forgotten. Though we are incomplete, God loves us completely. Though we are imperfect, he loves us perfectly. Though we may feel lost and without compass, God's love encompasses us completely. He loves us because he is filled with an infinite measure of holy, pure, and indescribable love. We are important to God, not because of our resume, but because we are his children. He loves every one of us, even those who are flawed, rejected, awkward, sorrowful, or broken. God's love is so great that he loves even the proud, the selfish, the arrogant, and the wicked. What this means is that regardless of our current state, there is hope for us. No matter our distress, no matter our sorrow, no matter our mistakes, our infinitely compassionate Heavenly Father desires that we draw near to Him so that He can draw near to us. Um, maybe what brought these thoughts to surface was something uh, one of my co-workers was saying this last week. There was a someone who committed some terrible crimes in, uh, that became uh, uh, public information uh, in the national media. And this individual said, well, if my child ever did that, uh, they, I would tell them they are no longer my child and that I um, basically didn't consider them ever to have been my child. And I thought, well... This person, you know, of course I can't judge this person or should not judge this person. They haven't been a parent yet. Um, uh, even though, you know, the crimes of this person who was in the national media were severe and nothing I would want anyone to uh, do, um, I still thought... You know, I still, if that were my child, I would be heartbroken, but I would also still love that child. Or I would hope, you know, obviously I can't put myself in that exact circumstance, but uh, in my heart I feel like regardless of what my children do, I would always love them, always hope that they would uh, repent and, and become better 
if they had made such terrible mistakes. There's always hope. There's always a chance um, for us to become better um, no matter what happens in life. Um, anyway, those are a few thoughts. Time for me to uh, let my daughter go to bed and me to go to bed since I'm in the room I use as an office but is her room, actually. So goodbye for now.